Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, this is Joe Castellano. Welcome to the Inside China Basin Baseball Podcast on the SportsVirus.com, featuring players like all-star catcher Buster Posey. It's about, you know, just going out and trying to have passion for the game that I've loved since I was a kid. Inside China Basin is brought to you by Sun First Solar, known for delivering solar excellence since 1984 and recently voted best solar company in Marin County. We're also brought to you by TPC Harding Park, the only public golf course in San Francisco, offering golfers the opportunity to play where the pros play. Coming up, we're going to talk to Mariners television play-by-play announcer Dave Sims. But first, I want to tell you about my favorite golf course, TPC Harding Park in San Francisco. It was an awesome PGA Championship at TPC Harding Park in San Francisco, won by Colin Morikawa. We'll always remember the shot he hit on the 16th hole. And now the course is open to the public. And if you're a resident of San Francisco, visit TPC Harding Park and purchase your two-year resident card, giving you immediate savings on golf and other programs at the park. Cut your green fees in half by purchasing your card today. Visit www.tpc.com slash Harding Park for more information. Now let's get to the conversation with Mariners television play-by-play announcer, Dave Sims. Well, Dave, uh, man, I tell you, it's, it's been difficult enough dealing with COVID-19. Uh, now in the Bay Area, we've had to deal with the fires and the smoke. And now up in Seattle, same situation. And that meant that they had to actually move the Giants-Mariners series from Seattle to San Francisco, which a week ago, that would have been really something that you'd never even imagine. But now they're moving it, and, and it's happening here on Wednesday and Thursday for this series. Uh, how are you dealing with all this, Dave? And thanks a lot for joining me, by well, the way. Yeah, no problem. Uh, how do you deal with it? You do what you got to do. I mean, I'm staying inside when I'm not at the ballpark. When I'm at the ballpark, I did a game, and I come right home to the apartment, keep the windows and, uh, windows and doors closed, turn the air conditioning on periodically, and uh, I look up outside my apartment window. I'm, I'm not real high up, but I'm fairly high up, and I can see a, a Queen Anne Hill here in Seattle, and it's I can see it now, but it's still cloudy. Uh, today is, you know, the, today is what, what is it? Today's Thursday, Wednesday? Today's Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. I don't know what the heck. <laughs> um, two days ago, I mean, I had visibility of maybe 150 yards looking to the north, oh. northeast. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, if I could have, it was only about a nine iron away. I mean, the, the smoke was that bad. And then if I looked straight ahead at the building across the street, that was partially uh, blocked out, and then and then if I look uh, south southeast, it was really bad too. So and then and that was interesting when I went to uh, take off in the ballpark as I come out of my garage, and I'm right off of Puget Sound here. You know, Puget Sound runs right into uh, Elliott Bay right here, and you couldn't you know you couldn't see more than you know from the street. I, the visibility was maybe I don't know 50 yards tops tops wow and it was just bad driving south I mean, it was it's just horrible it's like being clam chowder and it's amazing that we freaking played the two games on monday against the a's i mean just amazing and i i did start to cough just a little bit after the uh, first game probably because i didn't drink enough water and you know we, we had the windows closed we had the windows closed for a couple of days and uh 
it's you know it, it's amazing. I, again, I'm amazed that we played, <clears throat> and I, and I don't blame. <clears throat> I'm getting fogged up now. I don't blame Lizardo and some of those guys for the comments they made. I don't blame them at all. I mean, you know, Lizardo said I'm a 22 year old athlete, prime of my life, in peak condition. I'm down here, you know, grasping for air. I mean, come on. Yeah, no, it doesn't seem like in retrospect that was a good decision. At least this time around, I mean, this is the safer call. You probably heard about this and agreed with it, right, Dave? That you know to move the games down to San Francisco. Oh, I got no beef with it at all. I mean, I w- I wouldn't want to sit in this stuff. And, and like I said, it's it's backed off. It, it's not as you know as smoky, but it's still really bad, way beyond normal. I mean, you know, it's bad, and I wouldn't want anybody, you know exerting themselves out there for nine innings. I mean, I think it'd be crazy. Um, and I know, you know, it's such an unusual year and, and it calls for unusual you know, types of things uh, to happen. So it's, uh, so that's, that's what I got. Well, Dave, I'm, I'm curious about doing some of these broadcasts uh, when your team is on the road and you're home. And I mean, I know that's, that's a challenge. I mean, it's just not easy when you're not at the ballpark. I mean, as a television announcer, you're looking at the monitor a lot, but there are going to be some balls where, you know, you just don't see it. So how much of an adjustment have you had to make? Well, I mean, it's not the toughest thing in the world. I mean, don't make more of it than it, than it is. It's, it's a, an adjustment you have to make. You're watching, you know, I've got, the live feed, I've got a monitor with like nine different shots uh, showing that all, you know, showing that where the, how the defense is, is set. That's good. Who's in the bullpen, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I got all kinds of views. And then the other thing, you know, fly balls, I mean, every fly ball is not going to leave the yard and you just have to be careful and, and cautious. And, you know, a lot of times there's been a couple calls I've made where I've been right on the money where you know, you see the location of the pitch, you see the swing, you hear the sound, and you know it's going. And I, I've gambled twice and won twice on that. <laughs> and others, I just wait. You know, I just I, I just wait till you know till it's almost over. I mean, the other day on the Kyle Lewis catch, I mean, I couldn't tell. Well, that was that was here. That was a little bit different. I, I called that. I didn't know if the wind was going to knock that down or whatever. So I didn't want to be premature. And I waited, and then he, you know, he made a catch. Heck, he had his elbow above the fence. But on, in games on the road, I try to, I really wait even, even longer. But you know, you know, it's, I knew, it, you know, I was going to say the other thing that's really weird is I'm so used to like when you know under normal situations before action, I'll look at the monitor and follow what the director's doing, and then as the pitch is coming, I'll look up at live action. While when they're on the road, it takes me a few minutes. To adjust, I'm looking up and I look up and the ground screw working here at T-Mobile Park. So that's a little <laughs> bit different, but you know, it, it, it's a it's it's a challenge. But it, it, there's a hell of a lot worse challenges going on in the world right now. Oh yeah, no no question about that. Uh, I would think too when you you know you look at a foul ball or fair ball, either way, you're looking for the umpire. And same thing on those home run balls. I mean, a lot of times you're going to look for the umpire, and you can't really do that unless you're real good at. I guess you said all those monitors. I mean, I guess you could sort of see the shot that has the umpire in it. Yeah, right? but not that fast. It doesn't. You know, things happen too fast. Uh, you just you just have to wait. There's no crime in waiting, and just get it right the first time. Um, uh, you know, you see a fly ball down the line, and you, you just call it. And when they're, when everybody's here, you can see the umpires. And on close calls, you know, in, in terms of fair ball, foul ball, yeah, you know, I wait. But here, I, I have to wait even longer when you just cut it off the calling it off the monitor. We'll continue the conversation with the TV voice of the Mariners, Dave Sims, in just a moment. 
Jones goes back, back near the wall, shading the sun, and he dropped it. He lost the ball in the sun. Let's put the sun to good use at home with a Sun Power residential solar system. Your Sun Power elite dealer, Sun First Solar, has a wide range of financing options, and they provide the finest customer service from start to finish, regardless of size or scope. Sun First Solar offers the highest efficiency systems, newest technology, and the best warranty in the world. Sun First Solar offers the most competitive price while not compromising on quality. This summer, let the sun heat your pool and eliminate your energy bill. Don't drop the ball. Call Sun First Solar at 415-458-5870. That's 415-458-5870. And get your Sun Power solar system today. Now, this Mariners team, they're in the hunt. And, and it was interesting because they started out 7-18. and 18. I mean, they had a second-worst yeah. record in the league. And in a short season like this, that looked like disaster. But, man, they just turned it on from there. What was the difference for the Mariners? Well, I just well, first of all, we knew coming in, and everybody, I think everybody acknowledges that something weird was going to happen this year. And that something was going to – somebody was going to come out of nowhere and somebody's going to fall. I mean, we see the Yankees crater, and they've come back. You know, we've play, our our club has played. You know, they're young, extraordinarily young. I think we started out as the youngest team in baseball. I think with all the deals and everything. Last I looked, we we're third, third youngest. Um, starting pitching solidified. They started getting deep. Uh, stopped having to rely so much on on heavy use of the bullpen, which was you know was really critical. Marco Gonzalez has been outstanding, leadership wise, pitching wise, and. I think that Bill Kruger, who you know played for a long time in the league, one of our analysts, made a good point. He said, you know, Marco Gonzalez, you can compare him to Jimmy Key. You know, when you look at him, you know, in this day and age of everybody, ooh, uh, 98, 99, 100, <laughs> this guy can pitch. He hits his spots. And his, uh, his ability to change speeds makes his 89, 90 fastball look a little bit faster than it is. And, but, again, the emphasis on he's not a thrower, he's a pitcher, and he does a good job. And uh, – and the example he has set for Justice Sheffield, uh, Justin Dunn, Nick Markavages. Uh, Taiwan Walker was a leader when we had him here, although he crushed last night at Yankee Stadium. Um, all, that, all those guys are really big. And then we had some hitting stars. Nola, before we traded him, was solid. Seager's had a good run, although he slumped in the last couple of weeks. Kyle Lewis is right there for Rookie of the Year honors. Uh, J.P. Crawford became a, a, a leadoff guy. Because uh, a few other guys it, it didn't work. Another guy, Dylan Moore, who has really emerged. You know, he's a, you know, I, I call him maybe a poor man's Mark McLemore. He can play anywhere. He can play corner outfield, play anywhere in the infield. He's done everything but catch. He pitched in some blowout games over the last two years, and he's hitting. Uh, I think last I looked, he's hitting like two eighty nine. He had six home runs. He's like ten out of fourteen in base stealing. So he's been really good. And then we've got just enough decent performances out of a bullpen that has been totally uh you know shaken up and made over from day one Hirano uh, who was with um, Arizona the last couple of years has done a good job picking up some saves and a kid named Johan Ramirez who really he really throws hard uh but does you know he needs a sherpa guide to the plate sometimes but um got him as a rule five guy from Houston he's had a couple of moments too so hey we're smelling this uh distance if you will and um Let's see what happens. 
Well, you know, that's you, a big game, so. Oh, yeah. Game. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it really comes down to the wire here. And this team is hungry for a postseason berth. It's been a long time. What, 18 yeah. years? Uh, too so, long. Yeah, too, too long. long. I mean, oh, this, is the, this is an opportunity. And, and there were trades made at the deadline. So you wondered what the thinking was there because, you know, you're wondering, are you in it or not? But, you know, Walker, as you mentioned, he got traded. Austin Nola. Uh, but these other guys right. are bonding together, it seems like, right? Yeah, well, they brought in uh, Ty France. has done a good job. He can play second, and he can play first, second, or third. Got some pop, and he swung about well. Luis Torrens, young catcher, who came in and had to learn a whole new staff, and he's done a really good job. He's got a high baseball acumen, high baseball uh, acumen, uh, IQ, and that's worked out really well. You know, so nobody saw this coming. It's you know, The guys try not even to talk about it. And the proof will be, God, here's a cliche, but the proof will be in the pudding because, you know, two games against the Giants got swept by them last week. San Diego comes in. I think we won two out of three there uh, last month. And then Houston for three. So, I mean, that's going to tell a story. We'll have a real good idea as what the heck is going on by Wednesday next week for sure. Yeah, man, it's just so much fun to at least be involved in a in a pennant race like yeah. this. And, and it, like you said, unexpected. The same with the Giants, where nobody expected this. I mean, I would think that makes it even more enjoyable. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, you know, you you love what you know. First of all, it's hard. Even if the team's losing, you know, I got one of the great jobs in, in, on the planet. So I'm not gonna, you know, you complain to it to a certain extent, but <clears throat> you you just. You look at what you have. I mean, they're building for the future. I've been saying that since I've been here. Christ, this is my 14th year already. Um, <laughs> but there's some there's some kids on the come that'll be here for sure next year. Uh, a couple outfielders, a couple of pitchers that come to mind. And knowing Jerry, he'll probably make some more deals during the off season. So you know, we'll see what happens. It's uh, but it is fun. I mean, since I've been here, we sniffed the playoffs in 07, 14, 16, and 18. Have fallen short. It would be nice to, in this wacky year of 2020, to <laughs> fool everybody, including ourselves, and get to the playoffs. That'd be unbelievable. <laughs> More with Dave Sims, the Mariners television play-by-play announcer, right after this. We all know that solar systems make financial sense and environmental sense. And when it comes to choosing the best installation crew in the business, Sun First Solar should be your first choice. Sun First Solar has provided solar excellence since 1984. They are SunPower Elite Commercial and Elite Residential Installers with a reputation for technical excellence, innovative design, fair pricing, excellent customer service, and end-to-end quality and competence. SunFirst Solar is a family business devoted to treating their employees, customers, the community, and the environment with respect, and they are devoted to renewable energy and sustainability throughout the Bay Area. There is no roof or project that is too complicated. SunFirst has successfully installed solar on Spanish tile roofs, metal roofs, and very steep roofs. They also have extensive experience in solar ground mounts and solar pool heating. Competitive pricing, expert consultation, and the best warranty. Go local and get your SunPower solar system from SunFirst Solar today. Call SunFirst Solar at 415-458-5870. That's 415-458-5870. Well, one of the players that you had during your time there is Justin Smoke. He is a brand-new San Francisco Giant. Tell us a little bit about him. He had some pretty good years there with Seattle where it wasn't so much batting average, but he was hitting 19-20 home runs with the Mariners. Uh, what's he like not only as a ball player but as a guy? Uh, he's a good dude. You know, 
<clears throat> he's a uh, he, he don't say a lot. Uh, and, hey, what's up? You know, it's one of those kind of guys. Um, good dude, though. Really good dude. Uh, I tell you what, for big man, he's got good hands and good feet around first base. The kid we have now is 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 like a level. You know, he is so good. Evan White, the kid we have now. Smokey's good for you know a guy. You know, what is he? Six four, six three, six four, two thirty, whatever. Got good hands. Um, his deal is power. He's going to do. He's going to swing and miss, and he's not going to hit for much of an average. But uh, you know he can run into some fastballs, and and that's but everybody knows that. So he's got to – I don't know. I you know we haven't seen him much the last couple of years. I'm looking at his numbers here. I mean, Clint he was here from good lord, it's been that long ago. He's been gone already six years. Man, oh man, he, his last year here was 80 games in 2014. That's hard to believe. And, yeah, uh, he. Yeah, it's very hard to believe. He's in his 11th year. He's an all-star with Toronto, and uh, he said. As I look at the numbers, uh, you know, he had 38 home runs in that all-star year in 17. I don't know what, if injuries, ineffectiveness or not. I mean, he's come down from that big time, 38, 25, and 22. But, uh, you know, for a short stint for the last, what, what do we got? Ten Today's, what, the 16th? We've got uh, 11 days left in the season. Hey, a couple ABs, he can help you. Dave, I also wanted to ask you about, you know, recently we lost a couple of Hall of Famers, Lou Brock and Tom Seaver. And I know you're a New York guy, so I'm just curious, you know, your thoughts about Seaver and what he meant to New York fans. I know for me, when I was a kid, you know, I spent my first 13 years in New Jersey, and Tom Seaver was one of my sports heroes. I mean, when he won, he helped the Mets win the World Series in 1969. That was a huge deal. Uh, so, you know, what were you thinking when you heard about his passing? Well, I, I met him a couple times, and um, and I had some really neat interviews with him. I mean, he's he's in a New York pantheon. I mean, he's on you know the New York sports Mount Rushmore would have to be rather large, but he definitely would be in it. I mean, the Mets went from nothing to I mean, from unbelievable laughing stock of a of a franchise as an expansion franchise, and you know, he was the glamour boy. Not only is the glamour boy, he's just a superb pitcher. He's one of the you know, you, you talk at his generation. I mean, you're talking Seaver, Gibson, Marichal, Koufax, Drysdale, that crew in the National League. I grew up in, the, in Philly in the National League as a National League guy. Great, great player. I mean, just heart and soul. Give me the ball. I'm going. I'm going minimum eight. I'm probably complete nine. I mean, his numbers speak for themselves. Until I think until Junior and then Mo, he had the highest uh, percentage of uh, votes getting into the Hall of Fame, and, and deservedly so. And then Lou Brock. It was interesting reading some. I saw a couple of stories. He, you know, the Bradford Brolio trade is uh, one of the most infamous deals in all of sports. And there was a couple of stories that came out that part of it was uh, he got traded because uh, of, the, of the quota system back at that time in '64. And, and Buck O'Neill had joined the club as a uh, as a coach, and and people were complaining. Uh, the story that I read complaining to the GM of the Cubs that we're trying to turn this into the Kansas City Monarchs because they had so many black guys on the team. Wow. And then when you look, and I saw the interviews, some clips with McCarver and Mike Shannon and guys like that who were there, and they said, Boo, Brock, I mean, we love Ernie Brolio. He's one of our guys. Been here for a while. Good pitcher. And we, who's this guy? And then Brock comes in, and Johnny Keene told him, hey, go ahead and run. Run when you want. He said, really? He said, yeah, that's what we brought you here for. So, and he, he helped change the game. I mean, he took it to a never, another level from where Mari Wills had it at that time. And, you know, a, a walker, single to Lou was a double, essentially a double or a triple. 
And uh, and I tell you what, the thing that thing that's amazing. I think people always think of Lou Brock the stolen bases. He had three thousand plus hits. Oh yeah, yeah. You got to go back and take a look at that. And in postseason, and well, then with then it was the World Series. He was a killer in World Series. He had like he's a plus three hundred batting average in World Series games. I mean, so this guy clutch. was one of the all time greats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only thing. The only beef that you can have about Lou Brock is he didn't slide that one game against uh, uh, Detroit in the World Series in '68. It was a certain turn in, began a became a turning point in that series. And I think if that run scores, I think the, the uh, Cardinals take the lead or you know, cement the lead. And, and Lois went on to shove it on them for you know one of his three wins in that series. But Lou Brock's a great player, and he was here in Seattle pushing a couple things. We had him on. I, he was up here a couple three times since I've been here because I'm not an autograph guy, but I take pictures, and I got a couple great pictures with uh, Lou, Lou, myself, and Mike Flowers in the booth, and another one down in the concourse. Nice man. Great, great player, and uh, you know, just a tremendous loss to the baseball community. You know, Dave, I enjoy the modern day game. Don't get me wrong, but when I think about those guys, think about Lou Brock and the stolen bases and Tom Seaver, and you know, going the distance, going complete games, you just don't see that anymore, and you don't see a lot of base stealers no. anymore. Which no. I think it's a shame. No. What do you think? Well, the game is all about you know swinging through fences, launch angle, and all that kind of stuff, and and you don't see guys shorten up. Yeah, you get two strikes. Hey, put the ball in play, short enough, go up the middle, go the other way. You rarely see that. I mean, we've got – we even have guys in our club, and I've seen it all the time, two strikes, and they're swinging out of their heels trying to hit it to, hit it to Mars. You know, it's like, isn't it the, the <laughs> name of the game to get on base and score runs? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I am uh, – I've gone from the young pup, the young rebel, to uh, get off my lawn guy with, uh, with a lot of stuff. Um yeah, I know your point is well made. I mean, I think about it all the time, and I try not to go off on it too much. The other thing that guys don't do, they, you know, they don't want to give up an out with a bunt. I get that, but there are certain circumstances late in the game, particularly now in this season with the extra innings thing, you know, you got to get a guy over. Can we lay down a bunt? A. B, if you're a little – if you're a slap hitter, a singles hitter, and you can't drag bunt or push bunt, you need to, you know – you need to maybe be uh, sent down instructionally and do nothing but bunt, drag bunt, push bunt. I mean, it's it's almost inconceivable that guys do not use that as a weapon. Yeah, especially with that new rule in extra innings, and who knows if that continues. Are, are you in favor of any of the new rules? I mean, what are your thoughts about some of the rules that came into play this year? Well, for, if we're lucky enough to go back to assembly, you know, the, the old normal, I just soon go back to, you know, the, the, you know what we've always done, play it out. Um Playoffs, I, I saw that you know, there's the talk about having the playoffs, keeping the expanded playoffs. We'll see about that. I want to see. I, I like what they've done this year because they've added another level of excitement. And, yeah. and, uh, and I like the fact that they put, they're going to bubble you know, the playoffs. I think that's, that's good. I don't have a problem with that. And there's no guarantee that this virus is going to go away next year. So we can conceivably be, you know, uh, whole season, half a season, and have to do the same thing again. But when we do get back to quote-unquote normal, I just soon see it again, get back to where it was. All right, last thing, Dave. Um, you know, the, the Giants have, uh, led by Gabe Kapler, have uh, been out there as far as, you know, and outspoken about Black Lives Matter and very supportive of it. 
Uh, tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about, you know, you mentioned what you said about Lou Brock. I mean, it's just, you think back to that and just ridiculous to think about a quota. Tell, do you think that things are going in the right direction? Do, do you think that what's happened here, you know, in sports is going to help as far as trying to enlighten people about what's been happening around the world? I sure, I sure as heck hope so. I mean, because as an African-American, I'm tired of having guys that look like me be t- who are unarmed or who are being uh, target, who, who get targeted immediately by police in any kind of a beef, and they wind up getting shot or tased. Yeah, that's got to stop. And uh, so I, I think that, and I've run a couple of uh, forums and roundtables with our, our ball ball club, and, and one on uh, MLB Network Radio. And yeah, it's about awareness, and I like the fact that this generation of athletes really speaking up. Uh, they've taken the mantelpiece, uh, you know, uh, taken the the baton from you know, Muhammad Ali, Bill Russell, Jim Brown, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and speaking the heck out of, of, about it. And, and the other thing with the George Floyd murder, Aubrey getting shot down in Georgia, the guy getting tased in Wisconsin, these are all examples of things that black people have been talking about for, I don't know, 401 years, and now we got videotape evidence of it. Now people, uh, you know, their sensit- sensitivities and humanities have been affected. And so now we're getting some, hopefully getting some action. I hope that's where it goes. Yeah, I mean, and getting support that Colin Kaepernick didn't get. I mean, I thought he was very brave at the time for what he did. And now now you're seeing more support, which is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I like the fact that, you know, not only, you know, the black athletes are standing, but a lot of the white athletes, just about everybody. I mean, our whole team, I know from talking to our guys, they were when we. What game was that? What game was that? Was that San Diego? Yeah, we didn't. We didn't play that game in San Diego. It was a protest. Um, it was a unanimous vote, and our manager Scott Service has been at the forefront. Our organization's been really good about that, supporting the players, standing with them. We've initiated a, a bunch of uh, uh, programs to uh, do a better reach out to the uh, to all communities, especially underserved uh, black and brown communities and Hispanic communities. So it has, uh, it's got baseball on the right track. I think sports on the right track. Now it's just about, it's one thing to talk about it, but now they got to deliver the goods. And, and I hope that, you know, politically, I know uh, Scott Service, our manager always, not always, but oftentimes is wearing, you know, make sure you register to vote, shirt, T-shirts, that kind of stuff. You know, people will, will do the right thing and get out and, and express themselves via the vote this year. Yeah. better than they ever have because this is a consequential election, to say the least. Absolutely. Dave, thanks so much for the time. I'm bummed I won't get to see you here in San Francisco, but hopefully next year get to uh, visit. Um, thank you very much uh, for doing this here today. You bet, Joe. All the best. Look forward to seeing you, man. Take care. Be well. That's Mariners TV play-by-play announcer Dave Sims. Join us again next week for another edition of Inside China Basin on the Believe Podcast Network. For now, I'm Joe Castellano from thesportsvirus.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.